Welcome to another episode of Gate 7 International. My name's Costa. I'm joined by my co-host Labro Sirmos. We've just finished watching the Olympiakos versus Salzburg uh, friendly game. It ended in, in defeat. That was the last friendly of the pre-season camp in Austria. We haven't done any any reaction episodes throughout this preseason, but of course this was the last and final test of the preseason camp in Austria against a side like Salzburg that's won nine domestic championships on the trot in Austria. Serial winners, a team that got to the last 16 of the Champions League last season, knocked out by Bayern Munich, if I remember well, a team that beat us 3-0 last season that we played them in in preseason as well. So really stern opposition and really a good opportunity for us to see what state the team is in and you know how how far we've come during this preseason. So I think it's a good opportunity to kind of you know put some thoughts out there, um, talk about how we feel just uh, less than. 18 days now, I guess, before before the first big game against Maccabi Haifa on the 20th of July. And yeah, that's that's a short introduction. Uh, here we are again, guys. Um, if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to like and subscribe. That helps with the dissemination of the episode and helps us to, to keep going. Um, Labro, I'm going to pass it over straight to you, buddy, like with your, yeah. with your reactions. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess we'll start by saying that Olympiacos only won one game in the preseason. They started losing 2-0 to Ried, uh, winning with Dusseldorf 2-1, drawing with Krakowia 0-0, driving with Slavia Praga 1-1, and then the past two days losing with Armenia Bilsfeld, I think that's the name, 3-1, and then losing again today with RB Salzburg 3-1. So... The preseason was those games, a few games back-to-back. This game was a back-to-back. So we played yesterday with a bit of a rotated team um, as well. Today was, I would say, the stronger team, a lineup that may look very similar to what we will see with Maccabi Haifa, I think. Uh, A 4-3-3 lineup with Vachlik in goal, Gonzalo Avia Gonzalez at right back. Pipa, as he's known, uh, Socrates, Sisse, Oleg, Reabchuk. In the mid- midfield, you had Mamadou Kane, Jan Envia, and Agibu Kamara, thank you. And on the wings, you had Lazar Rangelovic, Yoros Masuras, and up top, Yusef El Arabi. So, fuck, that lineup sucks. But <laughs> that's going to be the lineup, probably. Wow, that's, that lineup sucked. And the game sucked big time, too. The only goal we got was Agibu Gamara did a little bit of pressure on a player, and he gave the ball away cheaply. al cleaned it up, goal scored 1-0. But after that, it was like Red Bull Salzburg was like, wow, this is embarrassing. Let's turn it on a bit. They turned it on, scored two goals before halftime, uh, went to halftime, and they were just coasting. To be honest with you, Costa, I think they could have scored like four or five goals pretty I, easily, to be honest. Uh, I mean, look... 
you know, the, the, the coverage from Cosmote was so good that we didn't even see the second or the third goal. I don't I, think it was. I watched point. on YouTube actually the Salzburg goal because I was too lazy to watch it on my TV. I was watching it on the laptop. So. Well, well, there you go. But I mean, you know, the, the the equalizer. It was a it was a long ball from from the halfway line. Cisse hasn't got up for the header, and then it's just you know. Typical. You get, you, yeah. you get punished after after that the ball drops to the striker and then you just slots it into the other corner. Bachelet can do nothing, but you know you touched on one thing already in terms of the lineup itself. I thought was mm, I, I want to say kind of a, a lineup that was similar to something we saw when we played against good sides, good attacking sides like Atalanta. Yeah. Um, I I mean the fact that he he played. Mamadou Kane and Vila and Agibu Kamara in the same in the same lineup. I'm not sure he did that in any friendlies during this preseason. But he's been to me, playing a type of four-three-three, but maybe not that three. But he's been playing. It's clear that the four-three-three or whatever the fuck it is, because I don't even think it's a four-three-three. It's like a piece of shit. It's like four-five-one. I'd call it more four-five-one to be honest with you, Costa. Like the wingers are so shit. They're not like. Attack. They're more deeper tracking back. Oh, God, they're they're useless going forward. Like Masuras literally passed the ball to a goalkeeper when he had an open net. It's, not even, not even. He, he literally had the goal gaping in front of him for that. He it passed it sideways. Really. It was yeah. such a good cross. He passed it sideways to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper yeah. wasn't even in the goal. He was reacting to the cross and he passed it sideways to him. And it was like, we're never no, going to score was, a goddamn goal. It was goal, so bad. That was really bad, and the score was the score was two one too. And if that yeah. was a if that was an official game, and he's done that, you know, memories go back to Fed Fadzidis, uh, that 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 missed chance he had against Ajax, that essentially ended his career at the club. Um, but you know, I wanted to touch on one thing because it is, as I said at the beginning, an opportunity to kind of analyze um, the preseason from the get from the get go. Like, what have we yeah. seen? And and the only thing that I've seen consistently in all the friendlies I've watched is that it's clear Martins wants the team to press high up the pitch. It's something that we've seen in every every single preseason friendly uh, up until now. It's a characteristic uh, in in every game, and we did that well in a sense that the first goal came from pressure high up the field from from Agibu. Um, and he made an interesting choice today as well. Like we've seen Agibu Kamara playing in a number eight position in all the games up until today. And in the first, like, let's say, big game against like a, a really tough opposition, he's just, the, the manager just seems to have reverted back to his, um, to what made him feel comfortable last season. Um, so I don't know what that means. Like, does he was he not happy with Agibu at the eight? Uh, does he feel like Zinkanagel's not ready to play at number ten? Because we've heard that apparently he's brought him in to play in that position, but we still haven't seen him play that. So that, on the one hand, that kind of puzzled me a little bit. But but you know the main point I'm trying to make is that the high press is all well and good, but in terms of creativity, like there's just been none of it. Uh, in terms of build-up possession in any of the friendlies that we've seen, even against oppositions that are, you know, second tier, not playing first division football in their in their respective countries, and that really worries me. Particularly when we're about to play a team like Maccabi, 
on on the 20th and this is a team that sets up really organized uh sits behind the ball very well lets the opposition come on to them and then hits hits on the counter let's not forget this is the same manager that employed those tactics when we got knocked out by was it Hapoel Besheva some years ago in 2016 if I, I can't remember when but it doesn't bode well when when we're playing against the team where we need to create like uh, I, I I don't know as much as I I can see on the pitch that the manager wants the team to press high up the field if you play with a midfield like the one that we played today that you, you don't have Madi you don't have Zinkanago you don't have uh, Kunde, like three players that are good at carrying the ball, like taking the ball forward, penetrating, creating something. Then you better hope that your wingers are going to do something. And then our best winger right now is Lazar Radjelovic. Do you know what I mean? And so where's where, where's the creativity coming from? How's the ball going to get to El Arabi? If you play in a system where you press high up the field, you're relying on El Arabi to be part of that press too. Unless unless the plan is to play uh, AK-47, uh, Abu Bakar Kamara in the European games and let El Arabi sit on the bench in the European games and get paid two million a season. Uh, that that baffles me a, a, a little bit. And I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's on on the manager's mind. Like, I mean, also Hassan Tequino. What is their role in all of this? They're the same player almost. Maybe I would say Tequino is a better player, but better version of Hassan. But like, why? What is the role of Hassan? Like tonight at the end of the game, we saw we've seen a lot of four three three and a lot of four four two. Would you say that's right? That's accurate. We've seen a lot so of. So, so it's it's funny because I, I don't know if you I don't know if you agree with me, but in all the games that I've watched, I, I agree. It kind of it's it is a four three three, but you see that like Kunde, for example, in some games, you, you're really like trying to look at the ca- um, the, the, the positioning yeah. the positioning in the midfield, and it's hard to do that with the camera angles in the friendlies. Yeah, it's really. Difficult. You can clearly kind of see like um, that there are two defensive midfielders during the games, like when we don't have the ball where like Kunde or Agibu today was in front, like behind the striker, pressing high up the field. And so you're looking at it and it looks like a 4-2-3-1 that kind of changes from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 or even a flat kind of three in the middle that that sits in front of the defence. It doesn't typically look like one of those systems where you've got a holding player and two players in front of him. It doesn't look like that. Um, yeah. th- that's what it's looked like to me. So it's been this kind of bizarre four-three-three that morphs into a a four-two-three-one or a four-five-one. Uh, it's yeah. just so negative, though. There's no, there's no. I'll just say this from the preseason: there's been nothing showing that the team wants to play nice, creative, attacking football. It's like playing passes, building up. There's been no signs of any of that being there the build-up play has been really bad been really really bad the the intro i from what i can remember we didn't score goals from open play until today from a defender of a made that mistake uh oleg's goal oleg scored i didn't watch that was from open play yeah but other than that it was 
literally that, free that, kicks. That, that was a um, organized like you know possession build up that led to, to that goal today it was the high press yeah a like uh, it was a just a it was error. a person like a how do you say in greek like a person mistake a personal a mistake yeah it was a yeah. went and he pressed the defender and the ball yeah fell exactly that. I mean, he but that's in. that has nothing to do with the how the team plays football it's just uh camera right. put a little pressure and the system worked a bit but, no, but, but but I think, like I said, the manager's been asking for that tactically, like consistently in all the games yeah. we've seen that. And that's that's fine. Like That's uh, fine. I think that should be the bare minimum. Like, what have we been watching for the past year and a yeah. half? Just absolute passive bullshit. But, but we haven't, like, we didn't see that last season. Like, it's, I think it is something new that he's trying to instill back is. into the team. But, like, I don't want to sound, like, overly negative because at the end of the day, like, I'm reserving my criticism for, like, when it matters, yeah. when the Maccabi games come. I want to actually see the Alkmaar game because you're in the real stadium, you have the real camera angle, so you <laughs> positionally can kind of see what is going with these friendlies, the camera's so low, you kind of have an idea. But once you go yeah. into a real stadium, the camera goes up, you get that kind of bird's eye view. You can see yeah. it a bit more. And yeah. I want to see what line, because the lineup with Alkmaar in a week from today, um, that should be the lineup that goes against Maccabi Haifa, unless there's another friendly before that. That's usually how they do it. If I remember correctly, who was it before we played? Uh, last season before we did these games was it Aris or it was another foreign I think, team so. I think it was Aris, anyway you, you the lineup like, he played there was the lineup that went up against uh, before I want to say before COVID was this before the COVID outbreak in the team I don't remember I don't honestly but if I'm right I think he usually does that starting lineup that he wants to play for at least 45 minutes in the last yeah, that, preseason yeah. so, but that's it like I, I don't think Particularly after today's game, I'm not, I'm not sure that he knows what his starting eleven is going to be yeah. for those. I don't think there's been games. the same group of guys who've, which is fair enough. It's preseason; you just throw guys out there to play. But like, if you're making a team right now, um, mate, he doesn't, mate, he doesn't even know what his centre back pairing is. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it's been it's been talked about on the radio a lot, actually. It's been a recurring topic, like journalists, like critical journalists asking the Olympiacos journalists, what about a centre-back? What about a centre-back? And the classic response is, oh, you know, Olympiacos has got six centre-backs. They've got Avram and they've got Bar and they've got all the others. Like, OK, I won't list them now, but I don't know. I don't know what our centre-back pairing is. We but haven't seen honest, Socrates and Manolas yeah. play. Socrates and Manolas haven't played one game together. And the yeah. best, the best duo for me that I saw throughout the friendlies was Bagalianis and Manolas. Those mm. two together, that was the best duo that I think I saw. Is he going to yeah. go to? Is he going to go and play Maccabi with those two? Doubt no. it. But but he has to play Manolas too because Manolas had a few good friendlies. I read like he right. Surely he has to play Manolas. Like he's paying the team, the club's paying him almost two million euros this season. Like, is he going to be the third choice central defender? Um, that's a conundrum. But also, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about. Usainu Ba very poor this preseason. Looks absolutely horrific. Well past it. Like just nowhere near good enough. 
Mistake upon mistake, error upon error. Like if one player goes glaring out of this preseason as having a horrific preseason, I think it was him. I think he gave away multiple penalties or multiple goals. It's just he it's just time to go. Like it's time to go. Um, now who's gonna buy him? No one. So that's the problem. So when you're so you have so many center backs at Olympiacos, and then you look down the line, well, your other center backs, Alvaran Papadopoulos, who's 38, 39 years old, can barely run, can't play a high line with him. Well, in a serious game, he won't play. So then you slowly go down the list. I mean, you know, you, what do you, you have? You, you, you have three left, or four guys, maybe. Three. You have three. You have three. If let's be, my last since he said. You have three guys, basically, who are trusted in real games. Like... But who do in you pair? Games, yeah. Who do you who do you pair together though? Yeah, that's the question. question. Um, I don't know, but like I think and the thing is, each one of them will have complaints if they're not played. If Cisse doesn't play, he's going to be pissed. If Socrates doesn't play, he's going to be pissed. He's one of the players of the season. Manolas on a huge contract, he'll not be happy. So, exactly. like, what are you juggling right now? What are you kind of? Like, <laughs> I, 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 um. I'm and annoying can, myself. I'm yeah. annoying myself by even saying this, but like, but there's so many I, questions. Like, we have more questions coming out of this preseason than answers. I think, like, so many. Uh, like at fullback, uh, Pipa for me, um, it 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 has that feeling of that Roderick Miranda signing when they signed him and they tried to cancel it a week later. Like, oh shit, this guy sucks. He's not very good. I, I, just, I just you could you saw it today against the quality side. He's banging he this guy. He, he just, ran into oh traffic. God. He ran He's into a, traffic so many times. Like he got a couple of good crosses in, man. Yeah. But there but, was a he got onto El Arabi. Um, I think it was in the first half, and he volleyed it just over the bar, but he was offside. So like he the the, the thing is with me, I just he's just not at that level. Like you're just, playing exactly. against the Champions yeah. League, you're playing against the Champions League team today, and you saw him trying to bum forward and like you know, get past defenders and you just ran into traffic and then got into trouble and had to run back and get get back in transition. It's just, you know, it's a lesson and for him. He's not right? going to be the starter as well. So no, that's of course. great. No, of so course. as we should so, say, Simeon Versalco signed today. Big player. Hopefully he solves the problem. It's been almost two and a half years now we've been looking for a right back. Hopefully this is the answer we've been looking for. And he stays and he plays and he stays healthy, knock on wood. And uh, he's the answer. And now another question is who's going to be the left back? Well, there's so many questions. There's now uh, questions about the Canadian really coming from Canada. Uh, there is um, there is no question. Oleg Rebchuk will play for sure. But it seems like Kutri's got injured two, two times in preseason already. I don't know what his status is now. Can you really trust on him going in? Kitsos, did he even go to Austria in the end, or he was just no, he sick. was sick. He, he was sick. He was sick for fucking three weeks. Is that the story? <laughs> he was sick for three weeks. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's that's great. Sick. I mean, there weeks. was a, look. We can't know. There is an element of safety in terms of protocol and remembering for what sure. happened last year uh, with yeah, sicknesses, COVID. Yeah. COVID cases are spiking in Greece right now, um, yeah. so they don't want to mess around with any of that. You see a lot Fair of. Super cautious, like they're all wearing masks on the bench. A lot of them, um, yeah, they don't want a repeat of what happened last year. So I, I don't know. Like e even if he did go to preseason, really, uh, would he play? Who cares? To be exactly. honest, you need a left back anyway. So yeah. at that point, 
going up the pitch and it's just like, okay, what are we doing here? We have so many players that I feel like are the goddamn same person and just offer nothing in the midfield. No one offers creativity in this goddamn midfield other than Kunde doesn't create shit. Mari Kamara doesn't create anything anymore. No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't be so negative about those two in the sense that they can bring the ball forward. Uh, compared, yeah. to, I mean, like Mamadou Kane, he he runs like an absolute machine, and like I I understand the value of that when you play against a young team like Salzburg, who were playing two nineteen-year-olds up front. By the way, I think both of them were bought for like six and a half, seven million or something. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, I, I get it, but you just no creativity. We said it before. If you play with those kinds of workhorses in midfield and you play Agibu further forward, you lose a lot of creative ability in yeah. the midfield and you need to wait for your wingers to do something. Now, there's movement on the transfer front because there's, yeah. you know, there's talk about Gustavo Scarpa from Palmeiras and. We have sources in Brazil that told us that there is a high percentage or a high likelihood that this could happen already now in July. I think what Olibiagos is trying to do is get Scarpa to put pen to paper on a deal that will bring him to Olibiagos as a free agent in on January 1st. So his contract is up at the end of the year. And as soon as he does that, I think Olibiagos goes back to Palmeiras and says, look, you guys have lost him. Do you want some money? And you you can send this send him to us now in July. I think that's what's going on. Uh, and the other one that we've been hearing about is um, Nathaniel Mbuku yeah, from the, France, twenty year old winger that's played almost eighty games professional football as a twenty year old. I've uh, heard very good things. I'm not going to pretend like I've ever seen him play, yeah. but. Heard very good things. French youth international bags of potential, eight million euro market value, according to Transfermarkt, and his contract ends in a year. So, yeah. was it Stade de Rem is asking six to seven million reportedly in the beginning, and there were some reports today suggesting that the difference between the two clubs is is one million euro. So these deals like you know the club is doing a lot i think trying to bring players in and i think yeah. we have brought good players in we have done um, decent business i think but but can they be integrated into the side for these maccabi games and realistically should we even need them to beat maccabi is the question that probably, probably a lot not. of people are asking um well uh, that's kind of where we are guys yeah 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 i uh one one point I'll make is the team's just calling out for a creative player. I don't think Jao Carvalho is going to do it for the team this season, to be honest. I don't. There's just something to me that just doesn't feel like he he can't be the starting creative player. And it doesn't seem like Martins want, even wants to need him or wants him to be the starting creative player. It doesn't feel like Matia Vabuena can do it anymore at this level. He's 38 years old. Um, he started three, I think, three of the first friendlies, and then he disappeared. Like, no. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. So, But the thing is, you need, the team is, I don't know, Zink or Nagel, that's so much pressure to put on this guy right away to be it. And I don't think Philip Zink or Nagel got brought in to be the guy, to be the starter. So, or... He could have been brought in to be the guy, be the starter, but I think it's a lot of pressure to say, 
okay, you just came from the championship with Nottingham Forest. Now you're going to bring Olympiacos to the Champions League by setting up goals. It's a big ask. Um, I I don't know. And I, I to be honest, I'm waiting to have judgment on Zinkernagel because I'm still confused where the fuck he's going to play. Is he going to play through the middle? It seems like he's playing him on the wing a bit. I, I So we'll see. And Abu Bakar Kamara, personally, I know Adi hates the goddamn transfer so much. I personally, the, the, the front just needs a little, the striker needs a little bit of spa- pace at Olympiacos. Too long we've been seeing these slow players. Like we need someone to press a bit. Miguel Angel Guerrero almost took Olympiacos to the Champions League because of his pressing alone. He got the I team mean, he so did. far. I mean, he, he basically did. did. It was the pressing and work rate. That did so much that I people forget and think El Arabi took us to the Champions League that summer. It was actually Guerrero played fantastic. Yeah. So now I'm with you on that. So I like I like the signing just for that reason at all. If he can offer some pace, some running. But to be honest with you, Abu Bakar Kamara doesn't seem like Miguel Angel Guerrero. He doesn't seem the type to chase down and run. It seems like he wants the goal, the flash, the dribble. He's not, oh, I'm gonna press the back line. But that's my opinion. A lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think we've done the rounds on on the game today, and yeah. more generally, our thoughts on on the preseason and and such. Um, next steps, guys. I mean, the next game is on the 9th of July against Alkmaar. That's the home friendly. Um, there will be reportedly another friendly taking place after that as well so another friendly is uh is is being sought out the manager's asked to play another friendly sima vasalko expected to to play or hopefully in that game against alkmaar he needs to get into the team as soon as possible um also we expect that you know after this game that the team is returning to greece tonight manager's got a lot of things to think about and um and I think the team's going to be busy trying to finish transfers uh, up until that game against Alkmaar. And then, of course, we also need to look at who, you know, getting players out because we've got more than, you know, a squad in itself of players that are chopped from the roster that are training by themselves or training at different times from the squad that's training with the coach. Um, so, you know, there's there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and we will be... We will be here. I think we may be back for another live tomorrow to get talking to all of you guys. Yeah. But yeah, guys, if you haven't done so already, I hope you you liked today's episode. If you did like it, please hit that like button below. Help with the dissemination of this episode. Get it out to more Olympiagos fans worldwide in Greece and other parts of the world. And please do hit that subscribe button. Uh, show your love. It doesn't cost you anything. Labro, got anything else? No, just um, I know this podcast or episode or short was a bit negative, but to be honest, I'm really happy with some of the moves being made in the transfer market. I think they're really smart. They're fast. And as I talked about in that episode, talking about the Sanctis, transfer outs are going to be really slow to make. A lot of bloated, a lot of contracts. Henry, now Fortunis, eh, Semedo, Pepe. Lovera, this is a lot of money to move on. It's going to take time, um, but I like what the backroom staff is doing. I like what the team is doing, um, moving on transfers very fast. 
um, keep the faith. I think it's just figuring it out. Can Pedro Martins be the guy to do it? Hopefully, if he's not, we'll, we'll figure that out real soon. Next, Let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge as when and we when. Cross it. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thanks very much for watching. We are Gate Seven International by the fans for the fans. See you next time. Oh,